from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. This is your episode for Tuesday, a, a post-game episode. We're recording this right after the game, and Kansas City snuck out a win. And yes, I said snuck out a win, even though it was a 10-point win. Uh, against the Denver Broncos on Monday night. Well, let me just do it for you then. Touchdown, Marcus Peters. Because I another really, really heady play to start this game, and I think that that particular play and the way the game started fed into what you're talking about, and we're going to get into that, folks. Check out the rest of the podcast network. We have tons of information on every team in this league. The NFL, the fantasy, the draft, we've got it all. It's part of the Lockdown Network. We're partnered with FanRag. We're partnered with Pro Football Focus. Keep leaving those iTunes reviews, and you can be eligible to win a subscription from Pro Football Focus. Uh, and tonight's a way for the the team to get back on track. And it might not have been pretty, but they did get a win. They are one of the few teams that is at the top of the AFC heap, uh, on top of the NFL heap, if it goes. Uh, and yeah, it was it was ugly at times. It was you know opportunistic at times. But at the end of the day, they got back on the positive side and got a win out of it at home. And I think that's important for this group of kids that that are playing on this team. Now, I'm not saying it's not important, and I'm not trying to take away from the win. I'm just frustrated because they didn't play very well tonight, and that was a bad offensive showing for the Kansas City Chiefs, and their defense uh, has really taken a couple of steps back. Yeah, you know, (laughs) and I hate doing this, but I had to, like, quote, tweet myself because I was pretty happy with, especially the second quarter, some aggressive play calling, some taking good shots. I mean, we'll talk about Alex Smith here in a couple of minutes, and, and but part of being more aggressive is uh, that you, you do bring down your completion percentage. But taking shots I thought was important. I thought they called an aggressive game in the second quarter. I thought Andy was still on top of it. And I, I said at the time, you got to keep your foot on the pedal. And then they went to half and everything kind of fell apart and everybody got comfortable, I think. Yeah, they got comfortable and they settled back into okay. Well, we're up by two scores. We're okay. We'll just you know grind out this game. And this is how Andy Reid loses games. It shouldn't even be close. And here you go, drink. Let's be honest. This game shouldn't have been close because what Denver had what four turn four turnovers. I think it was five by the end of the night. Was it five? Okay. Yeah. And you and know, two of those picks were horrendous. Right. I mean, Ken Acker, enjoy it while you got it because that was a gift you're not going to get again. Well, Marcus Peters got a gift he wasn't going to get again either. Yeah, but, well, he'll get more of those. He created one. And let's let's talk about that play because I, I know, folks, I didn't hear a whole lot of booing on the broadcast. Um, I was not in the stadium, obviously. But you guys tell us what you heard, if there was a lot of booing in the stands, because I want to know. But when Jamal gets the ball and Marcus Peters – strips it from him, then picks it up and takes it the distance for the score. I mean, that's a play that he's combining a number of things that he's done in the past. He's ripped balls out before, and he is very cognizant of when a guy is wrapped up but not down, and he tries to take that opportunity to get that ball out every time. I think it's smart. I think it's aggressive. Uh, And for all the derogatory stuff that's going on with how people feel about Marcus Peters and the anthem and feel about his comments uh, in the media, his play on the field took a turn up again tonight. 
Well, his play on the field took a turn up, maybe, but he's still making a business decision when it comes to tackling in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not going after ball carriers the way you'll see other corners do for the Chiefs. And maybe that's a smart move for him, but it's discouraging to see because he's not playing the run near as soundly as you would wish that he would. Yeah, and you know, I, I can understand not putting yourself in a tenuous situation, but there's no reason you can't square up and tackle somebody. I, I don't think that puts you at an injury disadvantage in any way. So I agree with you. Playing on a rookie contract when you're that kind of athlete, it's it's something that definitely has to go in your mindset. Yeah, and they're gonna have to deal. They're gonna have to figure it out. I don't know what they can do to help that situation, but if he continues to play that way, you can't have him lining up on the same side as Ford because then you got two guys that can't set the edge and won't set the edge. Right. Exactly. And Ford's injury. Ford's injury is going to be uh, something that we're going to, need to talk about as well. K. Pass got his first action of the NFL season tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And at least. I, on defense that I've seen. Yeah, I, I agree. And I was I was encouraged. He had a couple of snaps a couple of weeks ago, K-Pass did, but it, it was not it's not anything to write home about. I was encouraged by what we saw from D. Ford initially. He looked quick. He looked like he was, you know, putting forth some effort. Um, I was encouraged by what we saw. I thought he this might be a game that he could make some, some noise, and unfortunately he didn't. Uh, the injury obviously stunned him. You know, only getting a half in when he hasn't been playing a whole lot lately. Anyway, uh, I, I thought that was you know, just tough luck, really. At the end of the day, you know, I, and I will give him credit. Bob Sutton changed things up a little bit, um, and there was one play in particular uh, about halfway through the second quarter where he lined up Ford and Houston together. Uh, I believe it was on the right side of the defense, and I thought that was nice. I thought Ford had a nice inside rush. I thought it was effective, uh, pushed the pocket a little bit, and I, I think it's something they need to get back to if, if they get D Ford back. I, I'm also not sure that the, that wasn't the play D Ford got injured on, though. It could be. Um, but regardless of that, no, I agree. I, I was encouraged by that. It was nice to see. Um, you look at this team, and they have a lot of talent. Uh, you didn't see a lot from Tyree Kill tonight. Kareem Hunt was pretty much bottled up most of the night, uh, which is not going to be normal for him. Uh, most teams are not going to be able to, to play the type of defense that Denver does. Uh, and that's kind of what Pittsburgh did as well. Um, well, but we but talked man. about this pregame too. It, and unfortunately, Andy wasn't listening because there wasn't enough putting Hunt out on the edge of the defense enough because that's where he can make yards against that group. Running him inside, although I, I understand the mentality, and I, I'm actually happy with how much they continued to run him because eventually you keep doing that and he'll pop one. Uh, I was surprised he didn't make some kind of big gain there at the end of the game with the defense a bit wore down. But uh, running him inside against the Broncos defense when they've been so stingy all season I thought was a miscalculation on Reed's part. I thought there were several miscalculations on Reed's part. That was one of them. Um, there were lots of plays where Reed looked like he should have, like it should have been something that uh, I didn't see any screens. I, you saw the Denver defense attack. Kansas City has been running screens this year. I don't think that Denver would have been ready for it if they would have run a couple of more screens. And I think it really could have popped something bigger, but you never really saw that throughout the game. Yeah, I do like the one play. I can't remember which one it was, but it was a fake screen that really drew them in. And I thought 
because of the speed that they have on the defense, especially at the linebacker core, they're able to cover distance. And I thought that was really effective in drawing some of them. I, I, I thought Alex was really, really inaccurate for the most part. The only person that he seemed to be able to hit was Kelsey. Uh, and a couple of those were really high balls that Kelsey had to climb a ladder to go get anyway. So I don't know what was up with Smith, but I take away at the end of the day having the Denver defense bottle up hunt and Smith be so inaccurate uh, that I just I feel like they they got lucky. They they got back on a winning streak, and, and they did it against a team that I think was just not up to par talent-wise this season, uh, maybe coaching-wise as well. Uh, and I think they should feel good about getting back on that and try to move forward. Well, they need to move forward, but the problem that they're going to face is next week they face a better team that has more talent in Dallas, even though Dallas lost to the Broncos earlier this season, and they got to go to Dallas to play them. One big news that came out tonight was that Ezekiel Elliott will not be playing next week, so that will be intriguing to watch uh, because Dallas's running game is going to take a huge hit, which helps Kansas City going into that game. And if you look at the Broncos' schedule over the next two weeks, they play, they go to Philadelphia and then they play New England. Uh, more than likely, Denver is headed for what three and six. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And you know, and briefly on Dallas, uh, what that means is if it's upheld, because I know there's another injunction looking at another, uh, you know, legal battle about this particular thing. If Elliott doesn't play, you're, we're talking about McFadden, who's had an up and down career against the Chiefs while he was in Oakland. Uh, as well as uh, Alfred Morris. Uh, nobody seems to know who will play, who will start, who will get the majority of the snaps in Elliott's absence. So uh, I, I think that Chiefs need to be a little bit wary of that, and especially knowing that McFadden's got the speed still to uh, to burn them. And this team didn't look good against the run tonight. No, and, you know, they got Steven Nelson back, which helped. Oh. Uh, but he... What? I'm very excited about Steven Nelson. I thought he walked in. I thought he looked as though – I mean, I won't say he didn't miss a beat. Uh, he didn't play a huge number of snaps. I'm going to check the snap counts when they come out. I'm guessing it's going to be around 50 or 60%. It definitely wasn't you know up there at the hundreds. But, man, I was encouraged about what we saw from Steven Nelson tonight. Yeah, I was encouraged too. What I'm curious to find out is what the deal was with Terrence Mitchell. Oh, there could be some – Because I have a hard time believing it's just a straight demotion. I have to think that as well. I mean, and as much as I've ridden Terrence Mitchell this year for for being the giving up the most yards in the NFL, I don't think that that's something that you see Kenneth Acker as an upgrade. Even if you if you're if it's not scheme and you're not saying that okay he's across from Peter so he's going to get targeted more, even if if you feel like I feel that he should still be playing better than he is, I don't think that you really see Acker as as an upgrade. And I think Acker got lucky in that he wasn't exposed by the Broncos offense coordinator attacking him with, especially with Thomas. Uh, but I think. Yeah. Didn't it kind of look like they just kind of let him go? Yeah. And you know, I mean, they had, <laughs> and Thomas was affected. They had the opportunity when they used him. Yeah. Yeah. It, I really didn't get the usage of, of him. Cause I, it sure looked like to me that they should have attacked Acker a lot more than they did. And that is a failure on the coaching staff of the Denver Broncos. Um, that's also I feel you're on Trevor Simeon a little bit, but um, you dial up plays that are designed to go to Demarius Thomas on that side of the field if you know that that's the weak point, and that is the weak point. And I kind of get that Acker played um, because he's a little, he's probably a little bit more physical and he has a little bit more size, so maybe he matches up better with Thomas. I get that thought. 
I just there's got to be more to the Mitchell story. Yeah, and I, we're going to talk to Matt Derrick this week, who I, I'm sure if if there's any information coming out, Matt will clue us into it because yeah, that's just it's too much of an abrupt change without any kind of explanation. Um, that I wonder if it's something else isn't going on either, but that's not the Chiefs' only problem. They still were gashed by the run Maybe. tonight, and they're going to continue to be gashed. I think that it'll be a little bit better next week, uh, but the bye week can't come at a better time. Uh, if they can find a way to get past um, Dallas next week, they really need the bye week. I mean, Albert Wilson's not going to be probably playing next week. D. Ford's probably going to be out next week. Maybe Tom Holly comes back after the bye week, but they're really going to be hurting. Uh, so they really need the bye week to hurry up and get here, and hopefully they can go into the bye week sitting at what, seven and two. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the bye week is going to be important, not only for the players, but I think for the coaching staff, because there were a number of gaffes tonight. The reason the chiefs keep getting gashed in the run game is because Bob Sutton refuses to bring out that safety as a nickel linebacker. When they're, it's clear that the Broncos are only getting yardage when they run and they're, they're bringing in large sets. They're, they're putting in an eye and you're still, putting in Dan Sorensen as an inside linebacker. Reggie Ragland didn't play enough. That's the part of the problem that, that Bob didn't take care of. But I do give Bob credit because he changed things up a little bit. Uh, I did not see Ron Parker in man coverage, but maybe once. I think that was just because I think they went five wide and they had to bring him down. I saw Murray in the back, uh, although Murray didn't have the bounce back game I was expecting him from him. Uh, up and down again, a couple of bad penalties, a couple of bad plays. But... At least he didn't stick him on on a giant tight end like Virgil Green because I, I think the same outcome would have happened. Yeah, but he did stick him on Derby, and you know that touchdown that the Broncos got late was ugly. Uh, I I would have to go back and rewatch it to see what Eric Murray was doing because it looked like he was out of position on that play in general. Yeah, he worked around and the then back the two point conversion reason, right? In the two point conversion, you know, Trevor Simeon missed a bunch of plays yeah. tonight. And this goes back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast. If Kansas City's playing a better team, they lose in maybe by double digits tonight. Denver gave them that game, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that was not a good game for Kansas City. And anybody that tells you it was, I, sorry, it's a win, yes, but they did not play well. well. And I'll give you they didn't play well, but I, I'll take it. I'll take the other side of that coin because anytime you walk out with a W, that's that's a solid outing because that's really what's at the core. And yes, it was a, an opponent that wasn't quite ready for you and you didn't play well. And in, I mean, even the special teams didn't play well. So, but I, it was a chance to get that out of the way. Uh, com. <laughs> well, he did, but there was full pause early. There was, I mean, there was just, it, it started off really rough. And I think, Yes, it was a win. No, they didn't play well, but you got to feel good leaving with a, a W in that situation when you play so below what you're capable of. Uh, it allows you to right the ship and get back on a good track, and I think that is a positive thing. It's a positive thing. I'm just struggling to see a lot of good performances in this game. Justin Houston played really well in the first half. I thought he looked very good, um, and I'm wondering if they really didn't dial it back against um, the Broncos in the second half from him because he didn't seem like he was out there near as much and wasn't attacking near as much, uh, which makes me wonder if, one, if he's healthy, and two, if uh, I don't know what to think about that defense because you let them back in the game. Uh, they shouldn't – yeah, they shouldn't have – that game should not have been close. 
their offense looked horrible in the first half. Yeah, they made adjustments, but the defense usually makes adjustments and, and usually does better, and they didn't do that in this game. So I'm not sure what to expect from Kansas City moving forward. Uh, and I can understand that. Uh, let's let's talk about a little bit about looking forward. So uh, Nelson should be back. We're going to have that question mark at corner. Uh, the other big thing that I think is the question mark is how's they're going to deal with the pass rush. And, and we did see K pass late. Um, uh, Real quick on, on Nelson. Are we sure he's going to be back? Because he limped off late. Did he come back in the game after that? I did not see him limp off, so I'm not sure what the timing was, but we'll definitely check the injury report with that. That was right before it was right before the touchdown. Okay, that is something we're going to have to follow up on. Uh, so maybe, unless he injured himself, Nelson could be back. Uh, but I think the other thing that that was lacking is you can't have just Justin Houston because they can shift their entire line. They can shift with backs and tight ends. You, you have to have a second guy. And I thought K-Pass came in, although he did come in on the left side of the defense. Uh, but he got some push. He he moved Watson around. I, he, honestly, I, I even tweeted this out. He looked like he was playing really, really out of control. Uh, he looked pretty excited to be in, and, and I'm glad for him for that. But I think K-Pass is a guy that they have to try to get snaps for, especially if they're going to be without Ford again. Yeah, and I think that they could be without Ford. Uh, if it's his back, uh, it could be an extended amount of time, which is um, disconcerting to say the least and worrisome to put a little bit more on it because – they really need him to play, and if Holly, who knows when Holly's going to be back, if he's back this season, uh, I would have figured he'd at least be practicing by now, and he's not doing that. So, you know, the question marks surrounding Tom Bahali are getting larger as the weeks drag on. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'm a little concerned about that. I don't know that you're going to see him back, and if definitely if not, K-Pass has to play a role. Uh, like you said, they have this, this one game coming, uh, on Sunday, a slightly shorter week, and then they get their bye. So uh, can they put together, scrape together a game plan, get back on track, get Hunt back up over 100 scrimmage yards? Uh, I think they have a much better chance of, of getting uh, their offense back on track against Dallas. Yeah, and I think they, I think Dallas is a much is more like the Raiders' defense than they are like the Broncos, obviously, and you know, another person that we haven't talked about that really struggled tonight was Eric Fisher. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that really hurts when your left track when your left tackle struggles as much as Fisher struggled. Uh, you look at Jeff Schwartz, and he basically shut Miller down. Jeff Schwartz or his brother? I didn't say Jeff. If I said Jeff, I said the wrong one. I'm sorry, Mitchell <laughs> Schwartz. Right. My apologies. <laughs> so like you, Jeff. I appreciate you. In your time in Kansas City, I met Mitchell. Uh, I saw Jeff tweeting all during the game, so I think that's what threw me this off. This is why we record live, folks, uh, just to keep you on your seats. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, shut him yeah. down. Yeah, you didn't hear Miller's name very often at all. Uh, and I think Fisher's biggest problem, uh, I think the big play he gave up was against Shaq Barrett, and then he had a couple of false starts. Just mental miscues, so... That's frustrating because he's usually pretty good in that regard. And in a game like this where it's a real physical game and you're having to try to uh, move the ball slowly down the field, you can't have those. Yeah, I agree. Well, folks, we're going to dig into the stats and look at those some more tomorrow, talk about a few more topics uh, as we get a little bit of information post-game. 
We will then uh, review the film. We'll have our normal week. We're going to try to talk to Matt Derrick this week and try to get him on the show. Have a couple of twists for you as they get ready for the Cowboys. Um, but let us know what you think. Before we – yes, let us know what you think. But before we leave, I have to ask a question of you. Since this is going to be our last show before tomorrow or before the dead trade deadline, can't see to make any moves? Man, I don't know. With with Martavis Bryant not showing up to a meeting and getting a coach's decision benching, um, I, I, he's the only guy that I think could provide something for this offense that's really on the block. Now, maybe there's some things that people aren't talking about publicly, and that could easily be it. But uh, I just don't know that you bring another head case onto this team right now. Well, Martavis Bryant's possible. I mean, there's just a bunch of trades that you don't normally see this time of year. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the San Francisco 49ers. Dwayne Brown uh, switched places with Lane, I believe, from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, those are some big moves, uh, big moves. So you have to wonder. And it sounds like the Eagles are really trying to talk Calvin Johnson into coming back to play for them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not counting on Calvin Johnson ever playing. And Lewis, no, and I get that. But Lewis Riddick did say that Kansas City ought to trade for him. I don't think that happens. One, Kansas City can't, couldn't handle the contract. Uh, two, I just don't see him coming to Kansas City. But, man, I, it'd be interesting to see if there's anybody that is worth anything out there that Kansas City could bring in because they really need help on defense. Uh, and it really looks like they're missing Eric Berry more than we ever thought they could, yeah. they would. It, it, I really like Eric Berry, but I did not expect him to be this bad. I didn't. I, what I meant was I didn't expect the Kansas City defense to play this oh, bad. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, and that's and that's uh, for a team that that has played without him before uh, to see them fall uh, this much uh, farther apart. Uh, is a little bit concerning. But uh, then again, you look at, at how much younger they are in that particular position group. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no replacing Eric Berry, and there won't be. Uh, you just got to patch it together, and you got to get guys to get better. So that's on the coaching staff, and we will have more on that this week as well. Um, folks, I hope you had a good time. I know a bunch of you went to the game. Uh, we will get out for another game and try to tailgate again with y'all i don't know if you'll have uh, any of the brits with us but uh, we will definitely get back into that tailgate situation thank you for including us and reaching out to us keep that coming keep the itunes stuff rolling uh the itunes reviews is how you can get on the pff subscription so uh keep that rolling and get yourself a chance to get selected by the pff group we will have more for you um this is it late monday night chiefs get a win thanks for listening to us today and we'll talk to you tomorrow Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.